or got some criticism for that in the baseball world. Everybody was like, well, he's always tinkering. He's always tinkering. Well, not anymore. You know, I found who I am by tinkering so much. And I'm not going to tinker anymore because I finally found, you know, who Hunter is. Join the conversation with Tommy Weber. Pro and college baseball coach Tommy Weber brings you cutting-edge interviews and thought-provoking commentary in a weekly podcast dedicated to baseball, sports, current events, and the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and TommyWeberBaseball.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TommyWeberBaseball. It's time to get the conversation started, so here's your host, Tommy Weber. From the Gotham Podcast Studio in the heart of New York City, my hometown, the greatest city in the world. This is The Conversation. I am Tommy Weber. Welcome aboard on a, uh, turning out to be a beautiful Thursday, early, late spring, early summer day here in New York City. Um, The U.S. Open Golf Tournament is underway out at Pebble Beach. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, But first and foremost, I have to introduce a very special guest that is in the studio with me today. Um, Beautiful, charming, witty, great sense of humor, my rock, um, Emmy-winning television producer who also um, doubles as my wife, Carolyn Purcell. Welcome aboard, honey. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. How was that? Was that good? That was really good. <laughs> Boy, I got that one in there. Man, when you were, when you were saying beautiful, charming, I, I was blushing. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice you heard is our guest. And I'm going to tell you a little story about uh, our guest. Um, so in 2017, I show up uh, out in, in Cape Cod and, um, uh, you know, we kind of get it going. And uh, Jason Kanzler and Neil Barbello were with me and uh, we were living together. And, you know, you, you do these early workouts and it's, you know, you're getting to know players and, um, Jason says to me, uh, what do you think of this kid? And I said, wow, this guy's different. She's this big, tall, athletic outfielder, always smiling, charming, good-looking kid, and um, start to take BP, and the sound is just different off his bat. Well, as fate would have it, um, with each and every day, uh, he would be here. He would be at early work, almost, you know, never missed a day. Uh, tireless worker, really devoted to his craft, and I was fortunate enough to see him grow up right before my very eyes. That season, he carried us to what was just an epic uh, championship win, which the players won, uh, which was just a wonderful, wonderful uh, event. He was the MVP of the playoffs uh, last season, got to spend a ton of time together, played a lot of golf together, uh, growing closer, um, all the time, just, uh, you know, tons of conversations every day, every night, dinner. Um, last season, um, came, uh, on like wildfire at the end of the season, hit us into the playoffs, uh, and then went back to Arizona state and had just an epic fall. Well, that epic fall turned into a record setting spring, um, in uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, as I sat in front of that television on draft night, um, I, I'm really never nervous about very much. As my, my wife knows, I'm pretty cool and, and calm under pressure. Um, when the broadcast began, I just started to think about all the work we did together and all the time we spent together. And I really started to to get reflective about how fortunate I was to watch him blossom, not only as a baseball player, because that was pretty evident it was going to happen, but as a person as well. 
Um, we are, I consider him one of my very, very best friends. And, uh, when his name was called, uh, by the San Francisco Giants, um, number 10, it really, for me, was the culmination of a life's, uh, life spent in the game, helping, um, advocating and working with, uh, players. And I can't think of anything, uh, that I made me more satisfied and gave me more, uh, cause to be grateful than to hear that pick. Um, I shed a tear. I congratulated him and I am thrilled as usual, uh, to have him on the podcast. He is Hunter Bishop. How are you, my friend? Tommy, you said it best, my man, one of, one of my closest friends and Carolyn and his family to me as well. Um, and you said you're thankful. I'm forever thankful for you guys. And, you know, we're just getting started, but I mean, two summers to remember and, a lifetime ahead of us. So thank you guys for having me. Well, well put. I, I, you know, I, I talk about a, a lot of our guys that we've had the, the pleasure of working with are not only elite players, they're highly intelligent and they're elite people. And, and, and you are one of the best. Uh, give me, you know, when you think back about the last two and a half years, starting with 2017, you come out to the Cape. What do you think about as you, because Let's face it. It was no secret to you or to anyone else that you were a terrific athlete. You know, you could have gone to the University of Washington and been a wide receiver on the football team. But instead, you know, you just chose to go to play center field at Arizona State, the brand name of college baseball. You know, Barry Bonds and the like have played there. Not many people are able to make that choice and you were able to. So, the you know, the, the physical side, I know you had. But when you think back about your your progress and where you were then. And you know what, buddy? We shared some dark days. You know, everybody struggles. You struggled. You know, I, when I played, I struggled. Everybody has struggled. Uh, and now we've, you know, we share this wonderful triumph. What do you think about uh, when you think about the last two and a half years? Man, I just think about, you know, the countless hours of, of work I've put in and the people around me. And, you know, just like you said, kind of like the, the, the downs and the ups and, the, you know, just ups and downs of the game and just kind of life, you know, I think at an early age, I was able to kind of put baseball into a perspective of, you know, where it stands in my life. Um, you know, I've kind of been stated saying baseball's, you know, it's not who I am. It's, it's what I do. Um, and I think that's a big thing I've kind of tried to live by, especially this last year. Um, you know, I think I often let baseball kind of define who I was as a human being. And that's kind of when I see myself struggle the most because, you know, this game's, this game's mean and this game's a, a game of failure. And I think it's easy to let one, you know, get in their head about, oh man, I went 0 for 4. And, you know, you got to wake up the next day and play another one. Um, and I think I was fortunate enough and not fortunate enough to, you know, experience some tough things with my family um, from a young age. And I think it kind of taught me how to be a human being first and then a baseball player second. And I think, like you said, I kind of had to go through some dark days, man. And obviously they're probably not over. You know, I got a lot of my head of me with this game. So it's just trying to take it a day at a time and realize baseball is it's just a game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I really think back about how uh, that team in 2017 really seemed to, um, you know, take care of you. So I, I, it was really unique, regardless of whether we won or not. One of the most impressive things about that collection of players, and I mean the players, um, w- how kind and caring they were about you 
um, and each other from very early on. And, and every team likes to think they're close. And I've been around enough teams and every team isn't close. Uh, but that team was uniquely bonded. Uh, and it seemed to in some way center around you, what you were going through. And um, talk a little bit about that. You know, people at first didn't really understand, you know, what I was going through. And I don't really... As you know, I love to talk and I love to have fun, but I don't really go around telling people about my mom's situation. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I'll never shy away from when somebody asks me because, you know, I love to spread awareness and mm-hmm. give people what they want to hear sometimes about, like, you know, what they can do to help or what they can do to support sure. the cause, you know, whatever it might be. But I'm not going to go around and tell people, you know, hey, my mom's sick. That's just not who I am. Right. Um, so. I think at first, you know, I didn't really tell anybody and then stuff maybe came out on social media or people got to see that. And, you know, I always, I always write for mom on my bats or my right. cleats. Right. Uh, so people started asking, Hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? Blah, blah. So, you know, as the team started getting more and more aware, um, it was really cool to see towards the playoffs. Um, people were starting to write for mom on their wrist tape and yep. for mom on their cleats, just as me as I was doing. Um, and you know, that, that all, I'll say that team is probably the most special team I've ever played on. You know, I've played on a lot of great teams. Um, the Arizona State team I just played for was amazing. But that summer team, I'll have friends for life and brothers for life right there. And um, I'm forever thankful for those guys. You know, it's guys like Chandler Taylor. You know, he kept telling me how good I was and yep. how I had it in. But, you know, at the time, it was hard for me to see it. You know, I was a freshman struggling in the Cape. And he kept sticking with me, kept sticking with me. And, I mean, look what I did in the playoffs. I mean, it's just a testament to those guys who are sticking with me and having trust and a lot of love for me. So, you know, I'm forever thankful for those guys and for you and for Neil and for Jason. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Really cool. That was really cool. Um, tell me, uh, you know, we, we saw you out in Arizona State uh, right before the draft. Talk us through that day. Like you get up and <laughs> it's the draft. And now all of the anticipation's over. All of the waiting is over and the day is here. What what are you going through that day? Yeah, so I actually woke up at five in the morning because uh, we were in Louisiana the day before playing the regional, and we just lost. So I had to get on two planes, fly to San Diego, fly to Arizona, and you know, at first I was really really excited. I was so excited to see some family that I hadn't seen in a while. I was excited to spend it with my team, um, but I had no idea what team I was going to, or you know, what it was going to be like. Um, and I was very calm throughout the day. Didn't really think about it. Didn't really talk to anybody. Just kind of talked to my dad. And, you know, it was a, I think it was a day of reflection more than anything. You know, I knew at that point I was probably going to be a top 10, top 15 pick. Um, you know, just with kind of thinking how things were, you know, slated. And, you know, it was just a lot of reflection how thankful I was for, you know, the people in my life who I love and the people who have been there for me through good and bad and how far I've come and, the struggles I've overcome and, you know, the people I kind of had to, you know, work with, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people aren't always going to be kind to you. And, um, I think I experienced a lot of that, you know, growing up in the baseball world. And I mean, obviously there's been a lot of great people, but there's also been some tough people who told me that I wasn't going to make it. So, right. you know, just so many things going through your head on that day. And, you know, obviously my goal is not done. I got a lot of work to do, but you know, that day is, you know, one day you can kind of sit back and say, wow, you know, I got here and I worked hard for it. Um, so it was really cool. So did, uh, did, did your father, Randall, did he basically almost choke you? I mean, what was his, cause, <laughs> cause guys, God knows he's an emotional guy. Yeah. 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 My dad is, you know, he's my hero. He's, he's an unbelievable guy, but 
uh, he, I think he was more stressed out throughout the year than I was. Um, but to be able to share, you know, the moment with him when I got drafted, it was, you know, it brought me to tears. Um, I'm sure it brought know, me to tough. tears. <laughs> it's tough because, yeah, it's tough because, uh, uh, man, uh, it's tough, you know, sometimes, you know, when you wish know. your mom was there, I know. um, but to have, to have my dad that was super special. Yeah. Great. Great. So so great. Great great. Um so um one of the uh one of the fringe benefits when you're a top ten pick uh is uh you get to play really nice golf courses. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> you wanna tell us a little bit how how about how you spent your day today? Yeah, uh, I got to play the Olympic Club, uh <laughs> where they played the US Open a few years back and it, it was really awesome. Um super nice course and you know, they say, you know, the more you move up the ranks, the better you get to play, you know, the courses. So it was great. Um, it was a really fun day. And the only guy I was missing out there was Tommy Weber, who had to kick my ass on the course. So, you know, I missing him out there. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. In the interest of full disclosure, I get a call this morning, and it's Hunter. He's driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm like, guess where? I, and he's like, guess where I'm going? I'm like, where are you going? Like, where could you possibly be going? <laughs> I'm going to play the Olympic Club. I'm like, oh, my God. So I have an invite for the fall. So, Honey, we will be in San Francisco in the fall, <laughs> and I will be playing the Olympic Club. Talk to me about, you know, when you think about the people, obviously, your family, what about other people that are responsible for you being where you are, and what role did they play specifically in your development? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I told you this a long time ago, and I'll tell you today, uh, you know, I think... Obviously, my college coaches were a big help to me. Um, they helped me develop. My hitting coach, Mike Early, was, you know, stayed true to me and stayed, you know, confident in me when things weren't going well. Um, but, you know, I'd say my first time I really started to see myself develop was in that first summer in the Cape um, with, with you and Jason and Neil. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who, when I struggled, kind of brushed me off and put me to the side and said, you know, he's not going to do it. You know, he's, he's got the tools, but he, he can't put it together. Um, and I'd say you more than anybody and Jason more than anybody or two people that believed in me more than anything, no matter how my numbers looked or, you know, how, what I did that day, you know, you guys, no matter what I did, stayed true to me and stayed confident in me. And, you know, that really helped me. Um, you know, I, I could give a credit to a lot of people, but I'd say more than anything, you two, stuck with me in some bad times um and result in you know what i was going through with my mom um so for you guys to be there for me is means the world and i mean i wouldn't just say that so um you and jason helped me a lot and then this past summer as well i think even more um, i started started pretty bad and i really finished strong in the cape so um to be able to see like the transition and me continuing to get better and better and better it was really really good to see with you guys there by my side well uh we're here for the long haul pal and that that, that really uh, i i appreciate that and i know that jason does well i spoke to him today as well we're always whenever we speak we always uh i always give him the status report on you and um you know he's got uh he's got the baby coming in september so a baby boy uh so oh, we're all, yeah, yeah we're all looking forward to that and uh i gave him some goofy baseball names that he could name the baby <laughs> Uh, but he wants he wants no part of that no part of that you're listening to the conversation with tommy weber we'll be right back (laughs) 
This episode of The Conversation with Tommy Weber is brought to you by 4momalz.com. Join the fight against Alzheimer's and support our good friends Hunter and Braden Bishop as they bring awareness to a struggle that many families face through their charity, 4mom. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at hashtag 4mom. And for all your mortgage needs, call Northern Security Capital Corp., the New York area's most dedicated mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing a home, there's only one place to go. Call Northern Security Capital Corp. today at 718-273-1010. And now, back to the show. <laughs> so, um, what do you think is going to happen from here? Where are you going to be going from here? Uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure yet. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet, or my, you know, my agent is gonna talk to uh, the Giants people and see where I'm going from here. But I'd assume I'm, you know, gonna go sign my contract, and then I'm not expecting anything from there. I'm just gonna kind of let it play out, and um, I'll be happy to go wherever. Uh, I'm just fortunate for the opportunity, and really excited. Uh, Carolyn, you've been along for the whole ride. Um... Give me your impressions. What you know when you think about all that we've gone through with Hunter together, and Hunter's not the only guy. I mean, it's just that he's the only guy on the podcast tonight, and he's also he's just an extremely special kid. Um, what what are you thinking about right now? As 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 now he embarks on his professional career. Well, Hunter, I'm so proud of you. I know how hard you've worked. Just hearing Tommy talk and seeing what I saw in the Cape, it it was a very special group of of um, players. Definitely the first summer uh, and and last summer as well. And I just know you have a huge future ahead of you. And um, it, you just your outlook on life, not not just in baseball. And uh, and you know we're here for you, and we just want all the best. Oh, thank you so much. It's we've had some great laughs too along the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of serious stuff, but also we've oh had, my god, we've had a lot of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll never, I'll never, I'll never forget the day crossing the Bourne Bridge with you guys. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Um, so, <laughs> Carolyn. Sometimes Carolyn thinks I get a little overboard when I protect my players. I said, "Well, you know, they're my players. That's my job first and foremost is to protect my guys." So uh, there was an incident last year. Uh, in, in <laughs> talk about, I think we need to include the, the video link with this podcast. Yeah, we do need the video link, which Hunter has at his disposal. It's at the ready to show to everybody. Talk about that night. Because Carolyn, yeah, so Carolyn was, wasn't there. It was actually right. my last game in Cape Cod ever. Um, <laughs> and I had gotten a little altercation with the umpire. And, you know, because the Cape umpires are just so fantastic. They're, ter- um, they're terrible. Talented terrible <laughs> and i remember there being a very bad call and i said something and the catcher mouthed back at me and i wasn't even talking to him and i said you know a nice word to him um and then i knew i told i came back to the and told tommy i got a feeling they're gonna throw at me and tommy was the only one who was like oh well we'll see and this guy of course my perfect luck a guy comes in throwing 102 miles oh per my hour. god that guy was throwing bb's oof and he buzzed one by my head. Like behind you. I threw it behind you. And that's, that's a no-no. Berserk. <laughs> and there's literally a video. And I've never... The way Tommy talks to umpires is not just like, that's absolutely terrible. It was like the most articulate way of arguing an umpire I've ever heard. And these guys are absolute 
<laughs> I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll let Tommy say it. They're just, they don't really know what they're talking about. So when Tommy would go and argue, it, w- it would just be the funniest thing ever. Yeah, their eyeballs would start to bleed. <laughs> But, I mean, in baseball, there's one place you never throw a ball, and that's behind the guy because your first reaction is to back up, and you can really hurt it. I mean, you're throwing 100 miles an hour. You can kill somebody. And, you know, the umpires are – they're gutless. I'll tell – I'll say it. They'll be the first guys to yell at you because there's a ball down the left field line in the bullpen 500 feet away, and they'll stop the game. But when it comes down to something that really means something, which is the safety of the players, which is all of our first and foremost responsibility, all bets are off. And then they have – you know, when the umpires come up to me as I'm – screaming in the dugout uh, and tell me I, not to say anything. I said, you know, all bets are off here. This is player safety. I don't care what rules you have about me not being able to argue with you. This is, you know, we, we're in this league is the, the best league in the world. These are the best players in the world at this level. And you know what? If you're not going to protect my guys, then I'm going to protect my guys. But one way or another, they're getting protected. So you get back over there and, you know, try to get one or two calls right the rest of the night. <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness. seriously. Oh my goodness. Hey, um, you know, we talked about your brother. Talk to me about his influence. I mean, I know he's one of your heroes, and uh, it's another great story. And your brother's just super uh, major league player with the Seattle Mariners right now. He's he's injured and he's he's, he's banged up, but he's going to be okay. Thank God. Talk to me about your relationship with him and how he's influenced you. Yeah, I mean, I'm super thankful for you know Braden as well, and. You know, it's it's just been kind of nice. Like, take away everything he's done for me and everything he's, you know, kind of helped me along the way with. I think more than anything, if I can just kind of watch his experience and watch the mistakes he made along the way, um, it can help me a lot. And obviously, I've had to learn through some of the stuff he's done, good and bad. You know, he's done a lot of really good stuff, um, whether it be on the field or off the field. So, you know, whether it's just being, you know, uh, a really good guy who shares his wealth and shares, you know, love for the community or, you know, my mom's foundation or just is a really good baseball player. Amazing. Um, Amazing. You know, you can take a lot away from him and he's a, he's a, grade a guy so um it's been nice to kind of learn yeah really super really just an amazing um devotion to uh the four mom charity uh i encourage everyone as i always do um please visit four mom uh it is it is just an amazing venture that Braden and Hunter and the Bishop family, uh, their foundation is just an incredible thing that you really have to see. Uh, we all wear these bracelets every day, um, you know, and and you and your family are always in our thoughts and prayers, as as you know. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to tell people that one of you know, as although you're a ridiculously good baseball player, um, you hit the ball as well, and I've played a lot of high level tournament golf with a lot of really good players. Um, Hunter hits the ball as well as anybody probably on the planet. I mean, when you see these guys on television like Brooks Kepka, uh, Hunter really doesn't give up anything to those guys. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. We're playing one day. We played a lot of golf together. Um, and, uh, we're playing this par five spot, 500 yards, a little dog leg, right? I rip a drive, right? I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty good. So Hunter says, <laughs> Hunter goes, can I hit your three wood? So I said, all right. So now, obviously, he's way bigger than I am. The clubs don't fit him because my clubs are fitted for a guy my size, and he's much taller. So I'm like, oh, geez, where's this going to go? Well, he smokes it 350, like 70 yards past (laughs) my ball, and he hits a seven iron on the green that goes into orbit. Like, he must have hit that 220 onto the green. And 
This is something that is relative to your baseball skills. And I say this about you a lot. You know, people ask me, what about this Hunter Bishop guy? What about, what, you know, what? And I said, let me, two things. First of all, the most important thing we did with Hunter is we let him go. We kind of let, we were more, we were more active in being passive with Hunter. We, we tried to do less because there was so much there. It wasn't like Hunter needed a lot of tinkering. He just needed people around him to say, Hunter, let it go and you're going to be just fine. We worked on some rhythm stuff and some slight mechanic, but very little, very little. And what I really loved about how you approached the baseball is exactly how you approached the golf. You were kind of self-made. And what I mean by self-made is you were always sort of experimenting. And I really like that in a player. You weren't afraid to take a guy who you saw and do something like him, which I think there's not enough of in the game anymore. I think it's good to try to take what you see Feel that and try to incorporate that into your own repertoire, whether it's as a golfer or a baseball player. We've become become so clinical that we're constantly prescribing what a guy should do. And when I saw you, I remember telling you, flight that ball a little lower, Hunter. Well, sure enough, you took the next seven iron and hit it a little lower. And in baseball, you were able to do the same thing. If we told you, you know, Hunter, just stay on top of the ball a little longer, bang, you were able to incorporate that. And I really think that if I had one characteristic that I would want to give to an athlete, it would be that characteristic, the ability to take something that somebody's telling you and not necessarily copy it, but feel it. And I saw you do that an awful lot in baseball. Yeah, I think it, I think you said it perfectly, man. I think it allows you to kind of make yourself and find who you are, because I think, like you said, people want to say, well, be yourself, but how can you find yourself if like the first time you ever pick up a bat will be yourself. What are you going to do? Just put the bat up in the air. Like you got to, you got to experience with some stuff. And I think I kind of found some or got some criticism for that in the baseball world. Everybody was like, well, he's always tinkering. He's always tinkering. Well, I'm not anymore. So, you know, I found who I am by tinkering so much right. and I, I'm not going to tinker anymore because I finally found, you know, who Hunter is, but I think it, everybody's different. And I think, you know, you're obviously going to have your guys who are just natural born who can just figure it out very early because they play so much baseball. But I think what allowed me to kind of have a lot of success and, you know, hit different pitches and see different slots was with the ability to tinker with so much stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think that really can make, if you're a good athlete, that really can make you go to the next level. So growing up in this incredibly data-driven world that we live in, and and data is great. Information is fabulous. As long as you own the information and it doesn't own you, I'm all for information. You're more of an organic player. Now you have the luxury of having some, you know, great skills, right? You can run, you can throw, you can, you can hit the ball a long way. Um, Do you feel like the players around you are too subject to um, being micromanaged from a technical point of view and just not letting it fly? Because I watch your Arizona State team and you got so many good athletes. I mean, that must be fun to coach because you really don't have to do a lot of coaching. You just let them, they're like racehorses. You just let them run. Do you find that there's too much micromanaging? Well, I think it's kind of funny because if you look at like my golf game, I think a lot of my golf game has to do with numbers and like what my ball spins like and stuff like that. But then when it comes to baseball, I'm very, 
very organic. And I think that that's kind of being lost in the game of baseball a little bit. Mm -hmm. People want to study launch angle. People want to study, oh, what's this guy's spin rate? And I think if you look back at some of the best baseball players, a Babe Ruth, a Joe DiMaggio, uh, you know, whoever, uh, maybe a Kirk Schilling, the spin rate, do you think they were thinking about that? I don't. No, um, absolutely not. So I just think that, you know, I think, like you said, if you allow it to help you and not get too too concerned about it, I think it can help you a ton. But I, I think there's a lot in today's age, a lot of, you know, overdoing it. Right. Um, so I think if you can find that fine line, there's no problem with it. But in baseball, I... I just go out there and swing as really hard as I can. So I, I don't really care about the launching or the spin rate. I think that's, you know, it, it's good for some people. For me, it doesn't work. Great. So, so you, so it needs to be personalized. Every player is different. Every player has to be treated different. Every player has to be coached, taught, parented, mentored, whatever it is differently because no two people are alike. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not you're not built like I'm built. I'm not built like CT is built. I'm not built like, you know, AJ is, you know, everybody's different. Everybody comes from a different, you know, uh, family situation, different part of the country, different culture to just apply one um, kind of scientific way of hitting or fielding or pitching or throwing to me makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, exactly. And I think people who teach someone to hit one way. Every, you know, a ton of people to hit one way or throw one way is absolutely a joke. So I think people, like you go look at a guy like Hunter Pence, it's not even close to a guy like, I don't know, Jose Altuve, you know, so right. it's just, right. exactly. everybody's different. Exactly. So here's a question. If you had, if you're going to address a group of young players, like 15 year old elite players, you know, these kids that, you know, do what you did, go to these Under Armour games and, you know, they, they, these are really, really good players. What piece of advice would you give them? just keep failing you know i kind of i kind of thought of that i've been thinking about that a lot and i think people always strive for success but success comes for everybody at a different time um you know i think if you can just get out there and you know you're gonna fail a lot and i think the more you fail is the more you're gonna make adjustments and the more you make adjustments the more you're gonna have success so you know it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing but for me it's like fail more and fail fail a lot because the more you fail you're going to, you're going to get a lot better and you're going to make a lot of adjustments along the way, which is going to help in the long run to have, you know, consistent success. Cause you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of success too that can be found in this game. You just got to keep searching for it. You know, um, I said this to you last year, a few times we, we had some pretty deep conversations on the golf course, but a lot of it involves with is involved in being kind to yourself. And forgiving yourself. You know, you got to be okay with the fact that you're not perfect and that you're good enough. Imagine if you went up to the plate every time saying, I'm good enough. You know, perfection is something you're never going to get. And one of the things we talked a lot about is that when the expectations are high, sometimes they're unreasonable. And if you're just good enough and you have all these great skills, then you can really be great. And I think, um, you know, what I saw as you were developing, was you feeling, you know what, little, little, little snippets of I'm good enough. I am good enough. I am. And then more and more you were thinking that. And then in the fall, you really were thinking it. And then in the spring, it just exploded. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I think, 
again, you keep saying stuff that's perfect, you know, just be kind to yourself. That's the biggest thing. You know, it's hard. It's hard when you go for four with a couple strikeouts or you swing the bat terribly that day or, you know, you get lit up on the mound. I think it's tough to, you know, put into perspective, especially with prospects, you know, coming up who've got to perform to get drafted or perform to get called up. Right. Um, so I think it's just important to put stuff in perspective. Mike Trout goes over four a lot of the time too. So, right. um, I mean, I think it's just, it's important to, to be able to put things in perspective and realize that there's tomorrow and, you know, if it's not today, it, it could be tomorrow. It's not the next day. It could be after that. So I think it's just important to take it day by day and just try to stay in the moment because, you know, you can go over four, but change a game on defense. So I think it's just important that for people to realize that baseball is such process and you know i hate that word process because so many people throw it around I hate so, so many people throw it around oh. lightly but i think if you can actually for me my process is living in the moment and that's really all i can control so well that's the serenity prayer my mother gave me that prayer i sent it on to you i've given it to a lot of guys it's a nice thing to live by you can only control the things that you can control and that's it everything else you're wasting your time and you're only going to get frustrated so you, you, the Giants, you got a couple of buddies that were drafted by the Giants. Yeah, I uh, have my buddy Carter, who uh, plays at Arizona State as well, and he got drafted by the Giants too, and I'm really looking forward to play with him and keep our career going, so it'll be really exciting. Chris Wright, drafted by the Giants. Chris Wright as well. I heard about that. That's so awesome. Oh my I can't God. wait to see him. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Aldredi, Hunter Bishop, Listen, we're going to let you go. One of the things you said that really is poignant is that this is only the beginning. And you're right. It is only the beginning. We're here for the long haul. And, you know, if you ever need anything, um, we're there. You know, 24-7, 365 days a year. I'm always here for you, buddy. All right? Love you guys. Really right. Love you too. We'll talk to you soon. That is Hunter Bishop, San Francisco Giants, number 10 pick. We're going to watch him. He is going to do great things. To all you guys that got drafted and are ready to sign and going to be playing, just uh, I wish you great health and fortune and uh, lots of winning and, uh, and, and all the successes in the world. So uh, we are going to take it out. And Freddie Mercury and the band, as usual, will be playing us out here. Um, in the new digs here at the Gotham Podcast Studio, I'm Tommy Weber. We will catch you next week. I love you, Cleo. Thanks for listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Have any thoughts on today's episode? Ideas for a new one? Join the conversation on Twitter at TommyWeberBball or Instagram at TommyWeberBaseball and share your thoughts. Tommy's back next week with a new episode of The Conversation. Subscribe and listen for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And of course, always at TommyWeberBaseball.com. Come.